What leadership skills do you have? How do they help you and your company? In today's episode, we will be covering all about leadership. Once you got that clear and clarified what it is that you want, then and only then do we reverse engineer the business model to create that outcome. This is Biate, the guest of today's episode. I went through 10 years of just hard, hard adversity with uh, fires, floods, riots, earthquakes, a tsunami, the death of my father, a lawsuit. Um, you, you know, the hits just kept coming. Biate is a first-generation immigrant who found herself in a $135,000 debt as a single parent. For some of you, it might be a small number. For some of us, this is not a small number. Yes, some debts are good, but as far as I know, this was not a good debt. But she never lost her hope, belief in herself, and she bootstrapped her passion for photography into a highly successful business, global business, which she eventually, you know what, sold it to Bill Gates in a multi-million dollar deal. Yes, from minus 135000 to a multi-million dollar deal. That journey taught her so many lessons that she can share with us today if I'm going to ask her the right questions. That I'm going to try my best. I cannot promise you, right? Whatever is going to come in my mind because if you want me to ask any question to the upcoming guest, you can feel free to reach me. But I'm going to try my level best so that we both can learn. You and I can learn together. I don't know all the answers in this life, so I would be learning with you for sure. Being a host of this podcast gave me so many opportunities, and that could not have ever been possible without your support. So thank you so much for your support. If you want to learn more about me, go to issuesing.com, I-S-H-U-S-I-N-G-H.com, or... If you want to learn more about business-related topics, in-depth information related to any marketing, sales, SEO, you name it, most of the things have been covered on startingtoknow.com, the the evolution of this podcast. Go to startingtoknow.com. If you want to be a guest on this podcast, of course, you can do that. You can send an email with all of your bio, your links at issue at the rate starting to know.com and someone from our team will be in touch with you as soon as possible. I don't want to hold Biate any longer, so let's welcome Biate. Hi Biate, welcome to the show. I am so excited to be here, Ishu. Let's do this. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for giving me your time. And uh, this is such a Wonderful time after like so much tries of back and forth, like finally we are talking. Um, I know that you are a founder of Shillette Enterprises uh, and under Shillette Enterprises, you have two companies, Growth Architect and the Women's Code. Many people know you as the founder of Women's Code. Some of the people know you or many more people know you with the founder of the Growth Architect. What is Women's Code first? Or what is growth architect first? Yes. So um, the reason there's really two is 
because I am very in involved and engaged in women leadership and helping women to step into leadership and helping organizations to understand the difference between women leadership and male leadership. And so I wrote a book um, a couple years ago that was called the, the Women's Code, Happy Woman, Happy World, which was designed to help women really understand on how we are different in our leadership style and in order to advance our professional career on whether or not we're an entrepreneur, uh, somebody who's just starting out or in the middle of our professional career, women have to know and do different things that men do. And then in the pandemic, I realized that the challenges were not so much any more women specific, but a lot of the things that we had uh, talked about in the women's code issue mm -hmm. were about um, how do we become more human in the way we work together? And then I saw that, uh, you know, the dads were tucking in their children at night and because nobody could travel, suddenly there was a much larger balance at home. And it really shifted the idea of what I had started out with the women's code. So I then I shifted a little bit over to the growth architect. And as the growth architect, I'm a strategist by nature. You know, that's my, 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 that's what I do is to be strategic in a planning strategic facilitator, uh, journey maps, a mapping mm -hmm. out how companies can get from here to here. And I found that the strategic approach with my knowledge of the women's code now really is what seems to resonate with most of my clients. Mm -hmm. Biare, do you think women are designed in a different way in mind? Yes, they are physically. Like, But what do you think? Like, Their thinking pattern is different than men? Yes, there are many studies, but still, your opinion? Yes, I do think so. And um, there is a lot that goes into that. So there, there are a couple of factors to be considered. Mm -hmm. So number one, we know that when we look at a man and a woman, as you pointed out, that we are not the same. Mm -hmm. So equality or, or equal treatment has never been about sameness. It's always been about the equivalent. Mm -hmm. And so when I look at the things aside from the physical strength and from the physical appearance, and I say, how is the physiology? How is the emotions? How are the hormones? What's, you know, wh how are we different? We are different. So women, women have different hormones that are predominant versus men. Men run a lot on testosterone. Women have estrogen and progesterone. So there are different ways in how we react. There are studies on um, young children, on babies, whereas, um, Women are more reactive to structure uh, to to shapes that resemble faces, whereas boys are more attracted to harder, clearer shapes. Mm -hmm. So, if we look at what we're trying to achieve, which is how I look at it, again as a strategist, like what, what, why do we even talk about this? Mm -hmm. Well, we talk about it because we're building teams and we're building the best teams possible for our organizations. So then I look at and say, what do I need to know here that can help me to build the best balanced, harmonious team possible? And if I come at it from that perspective, mm 
and I say, okay, let's do the obvious. Let's say men and women. And then I go deeper and I say, well, now I look at the actual person. What is the individual makeup of a, of a man or a woman on my team? Mm -hmm. And then where do these people need to be uh, put in the team to be at their strongest? That's how I think we need to look at male, female in the context of what your podcast talks about, which is leadership in mm -hmm. business and in professional careers. Mm -hmm. I agree because the things that we do shapes our mind as well more into that direction. I've seen that in my life, in my whole life, the way the things that are being done by the women is different. When you put the male to do the same amount of things, like I'm going to take my example. If I do the chores in a way that my wife is doing or someone else in my family as a um, female person. So it's different. The pressure that they can handle, I feel that personally, I cannot handle that. Only only my my business, the things that I'm doing is more than enough for me. So what I've seen is like they have more capacity to handle pressure because they might be tuned in a certain way uh, naturally and by the things that they've been doing so far. Uh, that's my personal opinion and perception about it. And as far as I've seen the life around me. Yes, I think that generally speaking, it is in probably in a woman's nature, much more ingrained to uh, to do multiple things because we see our mothers, you know, working in the home, uh, taking care of the kids, cooking, cleaning, doing all these things. And if we look at it from a traditional perspective, mm. I mean, my dad left in the morning, he worked and then he came home at night mm. and my mother pretty much did everything else. So that I believe is also our perception. And by now this is genetically embedded in our DNA. Mm -hmm. Now, having said that, I do believe that we are seeing some changes in that right now, because uh, again, exposure and the new habit creation is taking place. So what I mean by that is to change a habit takes what, you know, they say between 21 and 90 days. So let's mm. just say it's 90 days. So we are now in a multiple of 90 days in this pandemic or since our lives have changed so significantly. Mm. So what I believe is happening is that the habits that people have had on how things have always been have permanently changed now. And we are now trying to figure out how does this all, how does this all align again and who does what? So I find it absolutely fascinating, but to, to your point, if we were to say, is there a gender that is more inclined to multitasking? I would say you're right. Yes, it is women. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Have you personally gone something? Mm, that's why like, you have that fire inside you or maybe like some spark. Have you oh my personally? gosh. Where do I, yeah. I mean, where do I even start? I mean, <laughs> you know, I always say jokingly that my, my story certainly is not a princess story. I didn't wake up a princess one day and then things were handed to me. And then one day somebody says here, now you're the queen. Mm -hmm. Certainly nothing like that. I went through 10 years of just hard, hard adversity with, uh, fires, floods, riots, earthquakes, a tsunami, the death of my father, a lawsuit, um, 
you, you know, the hits just kept coming hmm. and you get to a point when the adversity in your life is so thick that you really question everything and you say, this is just not normal. I mean, that was my thought. This is just not normal that one person has to overcome so many different things. But looking back, I think I realize that it all prepared me to then handle what was the best moment of my life, which was when I got to sell my company for millions of dollars to Bill Gates. Mm -hmm. But if it wasn't for the adversity and the failure and the hard knocks and the $135,000 in debt and the fighting and the trying to figure out how am I going to make it through it, would I have taken an opportunity like this and then knew what to do with it? Probably not. So the fire, mm -hmm. <laughs> the fire, the fire that you recognize, I have lots of fire, no question. <laughs> you mentioned the point like, you you've been going through that that phase when one thing was coming after the next one like there was always something happening like bad when it happens to anyone you feel that you're stuck there like it's really hard to get out of that situation and when it when it happens with you on a repeatedly basis like it's happening something is over it's happening again so there is like that negative mo thought process that starts within your mind like this has to stop like or why me right so if you came out of that situation i think like you you are a true leader for me like i think um you came across in a certain way um you sold the company you were in debt i know like you were a single mom with 135k in debt for a fact and you immigrated to us as well how was that time like fearful Yes. So there are so many things that go into that because you are not sure why certain things are happening to you and why uh, why things are happening in a particular way. So you mm -hmm. are you're struggling to figure out why the hits are coming in such a short sequence and why you keep on um getting hit again and again and again. And these were not small things. Mm. These were big things. These were life-threatening things. These were life-changing things. And there are a couple of things that I've learned. And the discipline that you learn when you are going through so much adversity is, is almost like a ministry, if I, you know, for the lack mm. of better, better mm. words. But there's, there's certain things that you have to do. So number one, you cannot take failure personal. Like you, you can't. Number two, you cannot dwell in the failure because I had to pay bills. I didn't mm. have any money. So I only worried about paying bills twice a month when I had to pay the bills. I could not even allow myself to go to that point to figure out what am I going to do on the 15th when, when, when I'm going to have to run payroll again and when, I'm when the next payments are due? Hmm. Then there is a part of pride. So I said, I will not drown in a puddle. Mm -hmm. If I drown, it's the ocean. There is no, there is no little, little anything. You know, it's not going to be a match. It's going to be a flaming inferno. I mean, at least make it worth it. So there was no reason to declare bankruptcy for $10,000, but at $135,000 as a single mom immigrant, 
with not much to show for at that time. Now, at least that is worth doing. I, I didn't have to declare bankruptcy because I was able to turn that ship around. But the adversity, what you are learning is that there really is an opportunity in everything because when the adversity hits, you are activated to try and do things that you normally would never do. And I wrote a letter to the president of the United States because I was so desperate. And that, I mean, crazily enough, is the turning point of the story, is that my former mother-in-law, and she constantly would go, you need to write the letter of the president of the United States. He's the president of the United States. If he can't do anything, nobody can. He's your president too. Why don't you write a letter to the president? So finally I said, enough. Mm. I'm going to write that damn letter. Mm. And I wrote a letter to the president of the United States. So when all of this happened and I am, and I know you can relate to this because mm. your father has passed as well. Mm. So I was at the funeral of my father. And I'm in this beautiful, picturesque town in Nether Bavaria in front of this Baroque church. And we just literally had buried my dad and my phone rings. And it's my office from Los Angeles. And we have been served a notice that we had to vacate the, the property. And I fell to my knees. I raised my fist against God and I yelled at him. And I said, you know, if, 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 if there's a plan anywhere in this, uh, this would be really an excellent time to fill me in because I don't get it. I mean, this is just way beyond what I can imagine. Now, I, don't, I already don't know how I'm going to get out of this. And now you're going to add all of that. But when I came back, not, a, short, not a, a very short time later, I got a letter from the White House. And it says the president sends his best wishes. Of course, the president never saw this letter, right? Mm -hmm. Let's be, let's be uh, very clear about that. But what it did do, it put me in touch with the Small Business Administration. And that helped me to uh, get my business plan cleaned up. And then they found me a bank that refinanced my debt, 135000 in a 10-year fixed mm -hmm. loan. And it freed up my line of credit. And three months later, I'm break even. And 18 months later, I'm the world leader in my category, in the Ooh. world. Cool, and that's what attracted the Bill Gates company that says, can you tell us how you do it? And I said, like any decent woman, you want to know what I know, you're going to have to pay for it. Hmm. And they said, how much do you want? I gave them a multimillion dollar amount. And they said, yes. And then I sold my business to Bill Gates. That was an exceptional story. Like seriously, uh, gave me a goosebumps, and I was I was getting emotional when you were saying about like all those things. Like your father passed away, and you came across the situation like you being served, and you were in debt, and at the same time, like you received a letter. I've been into the similar scenarios, but not in the debt situation. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> so, but. But you're not is, missing anything. Let me yeah, just say I that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you turn around the situation like in a, such a better way, like you sold your company uh, to Bill Gates. Was that satisfying? It was indescribable. Mm -hmm. Indescribable in the way that it's interesting. Nobody ever asked me that. Uh, what was that like? It's 
there's a moment. So you're up in Seattle, you're mm. at the attorney's, the, it's just gotten signed. You have the bottle of champagne, the nice bottle of champagne, you fly mm. back and then you go and you open your bank account, your brokerage account. And there's this unbelievable amount of money sitting in there. Mm-hmm. And you go, is this, is this, is this even real? Mm-hmm. And so you feel for me, because it was such a struggle and such a fight as a single mom. And I, when I grew up, I was told that I wasn't the smart one, that I was kind of like the dumb one. And I didn't go to the smart school and I, I wasn't playing piano as well as my sister. And I wasn't as good in sports as my brother was. I, 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 I was painfully mediocre. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was the first time in my life where I felt that I had finally proven it to myself that my decisions, my instincts, my drive, my passion, my love for creative people, creative things, the extraordinary strategy, that all of that suddenly it, it all aligned to this wonderful, beautiful moment. And the most, and the, the, the first call that I made mm-hmm. issue was to my daughter mm-hmm. who was 12 at the time. And I said to her, Hey, today I can tell you that you can study anywhere in the world and you can study anything you want. And I'm even going to add an extra year for you. Mm-hmm. And then she said, whatever, mom, I got to go. <laughs> what what a way Uh, to congrats you yeah yeah it's like you know thanks thanks baby girl Uh, (laughs) true true story she she did eventually figure it out now now that she's much older and she's about to get married she said to me you know i didn't i didn't get any of what you were trying to do then she says but i totally understand on how you set me up for success in my life. And I'm not, now I'm grateful, but back then I had no idea what this was about. Mm, that, that feeling when you, when you share with your child and at the same time, when you see that success coming after so much has happened in your life, like this is a amazing feeling. Like it happens, it happens uh, outside of Shark Tank as well. Like it's not only everything happens in the Shark Tank, like you, you can sell the company outside of Shark Tank too, right? <laughs> Oh my God. Yes, please. And uh, I, I mean, Shark Tank sadly has become so incredibly uh, formula, formularized, if that's the right word, yeah. where where it's always the same formula. They clearly are uh, having it pegged what works for them and what mm-hmm. doesn't work for them. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of ways to be successful as a business owner. And again, regardless on whether or not you're in business for a while and you're looking for an exit, or you want to grow through a merger or an acquisition, or you are uh, just starting out with an idea. There Mm. are so many different ways to run a business. There's so many different business models Mm. that everybody needs to just get clear first. What is it that they themselves want? Once you got that clear and clarified what it is that you want, then and only then do we reverse engineer the business model to create that outcome. It's not the other way around. Mm-hmm. Do you think you have achieved what you wanted to achieve? No, not, 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 not by a far margin. There was a moment after I sold my business issue where I mm. connected in a mastermind and 
I had, that was the first time I mentioned the women's code. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I said that the whole room became absolutely quiet. And afterward, um, a a gentleman by the name of uh, Bart Christian came to me and he said, have you ever thought about that? God has given you this much so you can do that. Mm. And for me today is because I have been through so much and I have learned so much about how to build businesses, how to use strategies. I know so many shortcuts and so many, um, so many different strategies because I build businesses for a living Mm -hmm. that I want to, I want to take as many people with me as I can to the top and, and help people scale their impact. That's what, what we do. We help visionaries and leaders to scale impact. Mm -hmm. Do you think if someone would have given you any kind of blueprint, maybe a map to the success path, things would have been different you would have achieved more success or maybe earlier success? Interesting question. I think there's two things that go into that. Mm-hmm. At that time, I didn't know enough about business. So I was making it up as mm-hmm. I went. And as I was making it up, I developed my own system, the five-star success blueprint, because I I recognized, you know, that's how my brain works. I recognize patterns, which is why it is very easy for me to take complex things and break them down in simple steps. Mm-hmm. Would I have followed someone else's blueprint? Well, the truth of the matter is a lot of the business books out there are incredibly boring. Mm-hmm. They're uh, terribly written. Um, you are you are struggling to make yourself through the uh, through the pages because it's just so dry. For me, I always wanted to make sure that people, that we connect the business to the passion because if I can connect a strategy to a passion, mm-hmm. then it is so much easier for us to stay motivated and do the work. If I remove the passion and make it about just the process, I think people struggle a lot more. But that's how, that's how, I experience it. I don't know about you. How, mm-hmm. how do you see that? Do I follow a br- blueprint or would I follow a blueprint? Yeah. I mean, is it, is it, is a blueprint easier to follow if uh, it connects with why you're doing this or is a blueprint more successful if it just explains the logic? I feel that I would follow, uh, but at the same time, uh, I feel that situations cannot be templatized if that is a word like because every situation is different every scenario is different just the blueprint won't do the thing uh you need to have the coach or a person who created that blueprint who can work with you in order to modify not the framework of that blueprint maybe like tweak the few things that needed to be tweaked according to that particular situation. That's what I feel. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And so there are people that are very good going to an online program and learning it because they're maybe more introverted or they are they're, they process things a certain way. Mm-hmm. Most people, especially founders, need more of a done with you or done alongside you mm-hmm. uh, a scenario because they feel that they need that they need that constant connection on why am I doing it this way and how is this going to connect 
me to my customers and how this is going to drive my company forward. Mm. And when, when we are successfully able to connect that, that's really when the magic happens because that's when intuition kicks in. That's when opportunity shows up. That's when suddenly uh, something shows up out of, out, out of, out of the blue. I have a client that I was just working with earlier this week issue. Mm -hmm. And she, um, she had developed a system and it's for companies that are uh, uh, companies in rapid growth, 20 million revenue plus. And she's been looking for sort of this next thing, the hook, the, what makes her different. Mm -hmm. And she, you know, we started working together and it's taking, uh, usually I do things in like a day or two half days. And with her, we broke it down in four, four segments. And within these, the time frame between the segments, she uh, goes to a conference mm -hmm. and it's a crypto conference. And she's learning things at this conference that sparked a whole different set of ideas that now we are adding into the business model where she is now building the, the consultancy that will help business owners to get their businesses future ready for the metaverse mm -hmm. and help them to explain what that even means. You know, how, how is an NFT going to help you grow your business? How is the cryptocurrency going to help you grow your business? How is tokenization going to affect you? How is gamification are going to be a part of your business. What's 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 a what's a metaverse community? What's a metaverse mm -hmm. avatar? So sometimes what happens is that as we open one door and take the first step, it's only then that we see the remaining uh, the next step of the path. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, not even the third and the fourth step, but just the very next step, and that's how it works in success. Mm. That. As you move forward and you do the work and you take the risk and you make the bold moves that the next step appears. Yeah, because the true leader is how he or she perceives the thing, right? Like she went to that conference. If it would have been someone like normal human being not thinking about their business, they would have gained the knowledge of how to do NFT or crypto. But she had that that vision in her mind, maybe in the background maybe it was running constantly running in her mind but then something gave her the idea and that something at that time was crypto and an nft uh, what according to you is a true leader what do you think i think a true leader is somebody who is uh, extremely self-aware on how they come across mm. and how they're being perceived and a true leader is somebody who can get anyone mm to perform at their very best. Mm -hmm. I, I personally feel that the company is a leader and the leader is a company, even though in legal terms, we consider a company as a separate entity, that's a separate thing. But for the growth part, for lack, lack of better term, like I think the company grows if the leader grows as a person and as a great leader. There was a saying I also read from John C. Maxwell, he mentioned a leader is one who knows the way, goes the way, and shows the way. That so, is true. And I was reading this, and on top of that, like during my research, I found out like 71% of the organization think 
their leaders do not have what it takes to lead the company into an organization. 71% of well, organizations think this is- Well, that has, that, that has a lot to do with a lot of different things. I mean, right now, specifically, we're seeing that uh, because of the great resignation or the great turnover or the great upgrade, whatever mm. you may want to call it, mm. that 40% of of everybody has been in their job for less than nine months. Mm. And we also seeing that uh, the new generation, notably Gen Z and the younger millennials don't want to step into leadership because people in my age and we make leadership look really bad because we work all the time and we don't have a personal life. And this generation doesn't want to have anything to do with that. Mm. So I think that the concept of leadership is significantly changing at this very moment in time, because we are now, um, and I had, I, I was in an interview yesterday with uh, Jay Atkins, and he said he looks at this from the perspective of harmony, not even so much balance, but harmony. How can I be more harmonious in the way that my personal life interacts with my business life? Mm. And how can we make this a more deliberate plan versus a my family's in the way of me working more because my business is more important. And I think that's that's where we see a significant shift right now away from the business is the most important to people are the most important. And we are all trying to figure out what does this mean for leadership? That's why there's so much wellness and anxiety and talk about uh, radical self-care because we are recognizing that if we are not taking care of ourselves as people and our people, we're not going to have a business mm -hmm. because who wants to work somewhere where they feel miserable 24 seven? I mean, I don't. For sure. And this virtual world for sure has added to that misery. Like it's like when you are in the office, you can take tea breaks or things like that. When you're in the virtual environment, the other person won't know that maybe you are on a tea break, you went to washroom or something like that. Anything that can happen, like you are, because you are at a home, you have certain things. Maybe someone is at the front door. You have to open the door and uh, see who is out there. Well, and you're on all the time, literally mm. on. Like my Zoom meeting started at eight o'clock in the morning and finished what, at seven o'clock at night mm. and the entire time. And then the way we, you know, uh, the bookings went, it was from, you know, eight to nine, nine to 10, 10 to 11, 11 to 12, 12 to one, one to two, mm -hmm. and there's no break in between. And there was this moment where I, and this is kind of like an awkward story, maybe, uh, I hope not too awkward, mm -hmm. but I had to take a bio break mm -hmm. and I was late mm -hmm. a couple of minutes for, for a, a call. Mm -hmm. And then the gentleman wrote me and says, I have a three minute rule. If you're three minutes late, I'm done. Mm -hmm. And I, and, and I literally like responded said I was in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. What, what can you do at that time? You have to go, right? Come on. I, I, I was, I was shocked. And, but what it did issue, it made me really kind of like think about, you know, I, I think these things that are so awkward or that stick out, make you really think about, Okay, so what's what's really what's really going on here? Hmm. So either someone needs so much structure that they can't vie away from that, or there's a self-esteem issue 
that you feel disrespected if somebody mm. is late. For mm. me, because of the kind of people I work with, I work with a lot of very um, interesting, unique, colorful, non-conforming people, which I love. Mm. They're not like other people. They, 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 they are not going to show up exactly on the second. I mean, some will, but most don't because they're, that's not, they're not driven by that. They're driven by their ideas and execution. So the compassion for humanity is, I think, what, what stuck out for me is that, for, you know, I walked away from that and I went like, well, it was really awkward. Mm. Um, but what do I want in my life and in my business? And how do I want to connect with people? And I thought, number one, I always assume the best. Number two, I, you know, like I didn't take it personal when we had to reschedule. Hmm. Um, I, f- I figured that something must have happened and that we're going to have this interview at the absolute right time, hmm. but I'm not going to get bent out of shape, nor do I feel that disrespected or, I mean, stuff happens, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, people have lives, hmm. but I want a little color in my life and I'm, I'm okay with things not being perfect. Yeah, this is life, as I mentioned initially, like when we were talking off, off the offline, like this is life, this is how it goes, right? And it teaches you so many things, uh, personal behavior, so many things. And when you're when you're in the people business, when you're talking to people on a regular basis, they're always teaching you something. You don't have to learn. You don't have to forcefully ask someone to teach you. Like they're gonna teach you anyways. So that person taught you a lesson. <laughs> so yes, yes, you're absolutely correct. And that is where the that's the fabric of life. Yeah that if we take the judgment out and my mindset trainer, David Nagel, he always says, nothing has any meaning unless you give it to it. And so I gave this meaning because I had to go to the bathroom and somebody had a problem with that, even after I said what had happened. But then I realized that if I don't judge And I say, well, I'm going to just let this be for what it is. And I'll just move on with my life. I don't take this personal. I don't, I don't interpret anything more other than that is a hard boundary for this person. Mm -hmm. And that's his, that's where he stakes it in the ground and nobody gets to pass that boundary. Well, Mm. so be it. Right. So I can't get attached to the individual outcome of these finite things. And I think that's where people get caught up where they then go, well, why did he do that? Uh, He's missing an opportunity. We could have done a collaboration. Mm -hmm. We had such a great time on the first call. How can he, how can he not be more flexible? I mean, after, especially after I told him, that's just Mm -hmm. not who this person is. Mm -hmm. And uh, if people are acting congruently with what they always do or who they are, you can't kind of be mad at them because they're just true to their character. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Moving into that direction for growth as a person, as a leader, you have to first uh, accept what is happening around you. You can change, you can change certain things. You can, first you have to be aware to observe what is happening then you can take the action. Think about it. Like thought is going to come in your mind. You're going to take action, maybe change it. 
like first try to absorb uh, what is out there, what I think, what do you think as a final thought that you would like to share with the founder, someone listening to this episode can grow as a leader, can grow their company. There has to be something common. I think that probably the most important thing that I would encourage everybody to look into is what is the perception that they have of themselves and what is the perception that other people have of them? And if there is a discrepancy, if you think you are the equivalent of Gandhi and your people think you are a prick, mm -hmm. you have work to do because mm -hmm. The criteria that counts is not what you think of yourself, but how other people perceive you. So if you don't get the, if you're not perceived the way you want to, then figure out on how to turn into that person that you want to portray. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Where can we learn more about you and your business? If someone wants to get in touch, I never wanted to end this conversation. <laughs> Seriously, I know, I... right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and before I do that, I just want to give you a shout sure. out. So for everybody who's listening, please, 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 please leave a comment, subscribe to the podcast, share it with one other friend. Issue is too, too nice and polite to say it's I'm going to encourage you to please share the good information because it is a labor of love. And um, where Thank you can so find much. out about me is uh, my name is Beata Shillette, the growth architect. You find me all over social media, follow me on Instagram at Beata Shaled, or uh, find me on Facebook, or you can just reach out and send me an email through my contact form on my website and, uh, and reach out. I'm here. I help visionaries and leaders make an impact. And if you are a visionary and a leader and you want to make an impact, reach out and I'll see what, if anything I can do to help you to get there. Thank you so much, guys. If you're listening to this, guys, girls, if you're listening to this podcast right now, Go to Growth Architect, learn more about it, get in touch with Biara. And I love talking to her. You're going to love her as well. And there's going to be tons of good things coming on your end if you're going to get in touch with her. Thank you so much, Biara, for coming to the pod. This really means a lot. It's such a pleasure to talk to you. <laughs>